Welcome back. Welcome back. You have made it to episode three of the Anxious Millennial Podcast. I am your one and only host, Alexandra. So do tell, how was your week? Did you feel productive? Were there times where you felt a little lost? The current climate uh, on our planet is very unique. There's a lot of movement. There are a lot of voices being heard that should be heard right now. It's an interesting time and I think a lot of us, as I acknowledged in episode two, are feeling a mix of disbelief and, you know, confusion. And a lot of us are having really difficult conversations with people that we love. So, Uh, continue to have those conversations. I'm going to talk next episode about disagreeing with people that you care about and love and respect and how it doesn't mean that all is lost because someone you deeply care about has fundamentally different views than you. It can actually be a good thing. So that'll be for episode four. But for now, how, how are you feeling? Myself, I just got off a Zoom with a business coach that I hired. Um, She is awesome uh, and quite different from me. So she is helping me to build the business I want to build. And she's giving me some really interesting direction. And it's funny because so I've been working with her throughout quarantine and throughout the health crisis because I felt like it was time. It was time to take the direction of really zeroing in on what I want out of life. If there's no more a important time to take a really close look at yourself, it's during a global health crisis. So that's what I went ahead and did. And I'm grateful that I did. It was a scary step, but a really powerful one that I feel like I made for myself. It's definitely a work in progress. I want to say that just because you make the step of working alongside a coach, it doesn't solve all your problems. Just like going to a therapist doesn't solve your problems. I think there's such a fallacy as to what it is that life improvement can really do in terms of you're not on autopilot, you know, just because you've decided to hire someone to help you with your skills and your coping and your, you know, some trauma. It's what I've been told so many times is that it's integration and integration is that portion after you've been given the sound advice that you need to pivot in the direction you feel you need to pivot in. Integration is how are you now installing that in your life and integrating it so that the habits and the decisions that you make and the um, sort of trigger points and all the gaps and how you feel and your behavior. So how do you integrate all that? Integration takes time. Admittedly, it's something I've struggled with. I have to say just in my own experience and wanting to better my life and any time I did seek out 
help and advice. I always found that integration was the hardest part because that's where the work is, you guys. That's where you have to put in that extra work and effort because you're breaking a habit, which is an old thought pattern, and now you have to be able to change it to elicit different behaviors that will elicit a different result. So it's definitely very energy consuming in the beginning because you are not going based on reflex anymore. You are going based on something you have just been taught. So coming off my Zoom call right now with my business coach, um, number one, I have to say just full transparency. I love working with people that share my vision because I always felt that rapport that rapport helped me in being able to move forward with my vision and I'm very sensitive to other people and characters and personalities and temperaments and so it was always easier for me if I can say that to work with someone who was just as empathetic as I and to have the same vision as I because it took up less of my energy to be able to get into someone's headspace that was completely different than mine. I mean, I worked alongside some really type A, I'll just say it, some dudes who have been really high on the ego that I didn't mesh with because I didn't know whether or not it was my own ego, but... Ego for me was just ill-placed pride and some masked insecurity. So ego has always been a tough one for me. Now, I would be remiss if I were to say that women do not have ego as well. We absolutely do. Do not get me wrong. This is not just a guy thing. This is not just an alpha male trait. Women also have ego. So I've had the pleasure of working with both sides of the coin. And not to say that my business coach has ego, um, but she's definitely different than I am. She's a far more pragmatic, practical person. You know, she is educated. She has an MBA. She has her own business in management consulting. Um, and she is just an extraordinarily experienced person, but it's so interesting that I go off of emotion much more than she does. So for example, in my business and what I want to build, I am leading with my heart. Whereas she being completely different than I has forced me to take a different perspective and has questioned me in a lot of ways. She's not sort of agreeing with everything that I'm, that I'm telling her. She's disagreeing actually most of the time and she's challenging me probably on everything that I bring forward so which I think is good because I questioned okay so you know we have diff we have a very different rapport should I switch coaches should I look for someone who has more my kind of vision but you know to some extent it's not a bad thing to be faced with someone who takes on a completely different perspective than I because it actually helps me see things from a different angle because I could be very focused on 
like if, if I see something in my mind's eye, that's all I will see. And I, I make it materialize based on what I see to the point where she's clouding my vision. She isn't, but it's, she's definitely different than, than myself. So it's been, it's been a journey. It still is a journey. I'm still making the decision to work with her because I want to keep hearing her challenge me. And someone very smart and intuitive told me once, you know, when life has a way of challenging you, it's asking you, how much do you want this really? So I'm going to take this as an opportunity to prove it, not just to myself, but to anyone who is going to challenge me on, on the kind of business that I want to build, because I think there's opportunity. I definitely think, and I'm, I'm speaking very sort of, and, um, I'm being very elusive, if you will. I'm not going into too much about what my business is going to be, but uh, I'm very excited and it's going to require a lot of work, but I am definitely still in the ideation phase and it's taking, uh, it's taking time for me. I am a, as I said before, a very sensitive person, an HSP actually. So it's actually highly sensitive person. Look it up. Our personality types make it so that we take far more time and reflect much more on decisions that we make because we, we are very intuitive and we always think profoundly on several different outcomes. We have depth of processing that maybe the average person doesn't necessarily have. We, It's also exhausting, don't get me wrong, it is definitely a double-edged sword. I am always tired after a day of, you know, some heavy reflection and thinking and um, because it takes a lot more energy for me. I always run the gamut on different outcomes. I always you know, think to myself, well, how will this make this person feel? And how will the outcome affect this other person? And, you know, will it, so it's, it ends up being very exhausting, but I'm also very grateful that I have this kind of a trait because it allows me to be able to identify to people and uh, with people. So that's, uh, that's where I'm at in terms of having hired a business coach. Um, and I'm curious, have any of you ever reached out to a coach or someone that has coached you or maybe a mentor that has helped you along your ideas or if you're an entrepreneur or you looked up to someone or a business and you build that based on advice you've been given and based on a vision that you had and did the mentor give you the advice that you needed? I'm, I'm curious because I feel as though th- there's so many unknowns when you're getting into a business that myself being, of course, an anxious person by nature, I, the, my brain always goes to, okay, so what if this doesn't work out, Alexandra, what are you going to do? The fear of failure is really, is very real. So it's something I have to lean into and acknowledge. And it's okay that I have a fear of failure. I think all of us as human beings have a fear of failure and that's okay. There's no shame in that. None of us want to put our heart and soul into something and just to see it crash and burn, right? I mean, I don't think anybody wants that. So, but I think it's on my end, making sure that I do take the plunge I can't say I'm risk averse, but I have definitely dialed back how much risk I do take. I used to be a much bigger risk taker in my 20s. I am now in my 30s. Guys, it was my birthday a few days ago. I am 33 now. So being in my early 30s, early to mid, okay. 
That's really hard to say. Early to mid 30s, I am now weighing options in a much a much more calculated manner than I used to. So it's it's interesting. It's different. I do I wish I had the ability that I did in my 20s to sort of jump into something maybe blindly. Yeah, I definitely and you know what? A lot of my experiences in my 20s were the best experiences actually were the result of taking a risk and being adventurous and being spontaneous and sometimes impulsive and you know I I've traveled by myself I've built a network of people around me that are both professionals and non-professionals but I've built a network all on my own I have worked within many different events I always used to put myself at the forefront of where are the most people at I think Kim and I (laughs) I'm not one to reference the Kardashians ever, you guys, but she's actually a really smart business person at the end of the day and say what you want. And I, I'm probably going to get so much clap back for that, but it's fine. I'll do it anyway. But Kim Kardashian used to always put herself uh, in the middle of people and just so she could be photographed and just so she could be, you know, in the middle of people just so that she was always where exposure was at and just to expose herself and do I completely abide by her value system and what the Kardashians represent as a value system and the kind of message that's being sent to young people in terms of, you know, they need to sometimes change yourself to feel better and no, I I do not. So that was just an example. Don't, don't freak out you guys, please don't at me. So the, just the sense of adventure I feel is is definitely different now being in my 30s. So maybe I could take some inspiration from myself from having been in my 20s and think to myself, well, look at the world that we live in right now. There are people right now who are in the streets protesting and there's a huge movement and they are basically putting themselves at risk. I mean, we are still in the middle of a global health uh, crisis, right? So anybody out there in the streets, mask or not, you know, you're, you're, we've all been quarantined for a few months and we're all now exposing ourselves to other people. You know, those are risk takers and I truly admire them. I think it's time. I think that we can't wait any longer. I think this movement is, and this awakening is far overdue. So this needs to happen, but I just admire the ability to take risk like that and be able to put yourself in a position of that some people are getting arrested some people are even peaceful protesters are getting arrested I mean we're hearing crazy things you guys like rubber bullets and just the tear gas it's just that it's absolutely it's it's heartbreaking but these are the true martyrs of our time because they are out there speaking on what they believe in and they're taking the risk that they're taking because something is bigger than them. Their calling is bigger than them. The message is bigger than all of us, actually. Um, you know, and, and there's really something to be admired and all that. So taking that as an example of risk taking, I can bring it down to my micro level here and think to myself, okay, sometimes the risk is worth it. Um, so hopefully, hopefully I'm able to take a couple of plunges, um, with maybe, cautious optimism and hoping I don't crash and burn. I'm, I'm curious for anybody out there with anxiety because the thing with anxiety and generalized anxiety is the pervasive worry that sets in about everything. Do you feel as though that the worry shadows or paralyzes any kind of action? 
Because I'll tell you something, having, having anxiety, I also, to cope with it, do things such as distract myself a lot so that I don't have to face the anxiety. I will perpetually keep myself busy to make sure that all those icky things that I don't have to face them. So I'm just curious, do you, what are some of the coping things that you guys use? Do you talk to me? What, what, what are the, some of the things that you feel you do to cope with anxiety? Do you keep yourself busy? Do you even resort to things that are perhaps unhealthy? I'm, I'm curious in, in, in all the ways that you cope, be it good, bad, or good or bad or terrible labels, but, um, you know, be it maladaptive or, <laughs> Um, you know, it, it, hopefully you can see that the value of perhaps exercise is far more important, uh, for your health than resorting to having a drink. Um, so, but then again, I, you know, I do understand that anxiety is a very complex beast. So I'm just curious how you guys cope. Um, so on my end, I keep, like I said, I keep myself extremely busy. I try to not keep a moment free in my day. Now, that being said, it has been extremely difficult to do that because of the current climate. Although some of the deconfinement has started to take place, but truth be told, some of the activities that let's say some friends want to take part in and things, I'm still not entirely comfortable doing because I'm still living with the trauma, if you will, of COVID-19 and being in my home for two and a half months. And now I have to face the social anxiety of having to expose myself slowly. But to people I haven't seen in a long time, to people I don't know who they've seen and, you know, whether it's a barbecue or things like that, I am now being faced with all these social calls that... I'm not entirely there mentally and ready for, but at some point I have to make the decision for my mental health to get back out there. And it's been a constant debate in my household, as I've mentioned with you guys, uh, to you guys, I've, I still live with my family. So, you know, I carry the burden of making sure that I keep my household clean and I am being safe out there so that I am not an, an asymptomatic carrier. So it's not easy because I feel the burden heavy. And of course, being a sensitive person, once again, I, I feel that my, my responsibility is real, right? So I don't brush things off. I am a rule follower. And you know, that's another thing is there are rule followers and rule, maybe not breakers, but definitely more defiant subsets of the population. I definitely fall under the rule follower category. So being a very highly disciplined person and a highly empathetic person, I believe rules exist for a reason and I do follow them. I'm not a very anti-authority type of person. I, anything to avoid confrontation and bad health and bad decision-making, I will, I will do. I will fall in line with whatever rule I trust my government. You know, our Canadian government has been uh, shown to be very responsible through these times. So I do trust our government and when, you know, certain bans are lifted and there's a bit more of a lax sort of deconfinement, like I said, process happening right now, I do trust our government. Um, 
I don't trust everyone at large all the time. So I do still wear a mask in public places. And it's just interesting walking into a store and seeing many people in that store not wearing a mask. And I am. Um, so that just that just highlights that's just a visual account of where I stand on the rule following spectrum. You know, when you're one of two people in a store of 40 people wearing a, a mask, you know, it just it just shows so clearly who who is out there sort of making that extra effort for the greater good, at least I feel I am, and uh, those who feel a lot more comfortable. So I'm also at that point, too, where I'm um, having to force myself to see people now, because if I do not, I know definitely it's going to have a major impact on my on my mental health. Um, now it still means that there are things in place to make sure that I'm being safe, but I will tell you guys this, I had not hugged my fiance in close to three months. That is immensely hard for me, even now just to think about. And this week, finally, I got up the courage and I told him, look, wear a mask. I'm going to wear a mask. I read a bunch of articles on how to hug right now. And number one, I do have to say it is at your own risk. So I'm not condoning this. You do based on, you know, your, your, what your government has told you is the best thing to do for your loved ones and the health of you and yours. Okay. Just a disclaimer, but I went ahead and hugged my fiance. I took a deep breath. I wore a mask. He wore a mask. Our faces were faced away from each other. And we gave each other a quick hug just because at that point I needed that. I really needed that. You know, none of us are elderly. We're both in our mid thirties. We're both healthy. So, you know, again, this is another argument, you know, we were not in the danger bracket, if you will, but still, I mean, it's, it was a mild risk that I took and I, I, my brain needed it. I just needed that hug. I can't tell you how much that hug did me good. So I'm just trying to let everyone know that, you know, sometimes the mental health cannot be left to its own, you know, you can't neglect your mental health is what I'm trying to say. And you're taking care of your physical well-being, but you know, you still have to make the effort to make sure that you're taking care of your mental health. Okay. So do that thing that gives you joy. And there's one thing I have to say, grace. I'm not sure if I mentioned this in a prior episode, but I learned something really valuable from Tony Robbins, which is one of, he's one of, I look up to this man in, in many ways, and I think his ethos is really empowering. So um, in one of Tony Robbins's podcasts, he talked about the power of grace and how Joy can sneak up on you in really interesting ways, in really small ways too. When you see a cute dog or when you smell those lilacs or when someone smiles at you or when someone gives you a compliment out of the clear blue. I will give you an example. Yesterday, I got my car washed for the first time this year. I was so excited. My dad goes to this car wash. My mom goes to the same place. I mean, it's a real family place. We've been going there for years. And so the very nice person who owns the car wash decided when it was time for me to pay, offered it on the house. I didn't deserve it. I didn't ask for it. 
It's something that just sort of happened. And I was so grateful. And I thought to myself, I didn't, I don't, I did nothing to deserve this. I came to the car wash today, fully intending on paying for my car wash. And that was just such a moment of grace where it was like, it was a gift that came out of nowhere that I didn't deserve and that I leaned into and just felt gratitude in that moment for that moment of grace. So take those moments, feel grateful for them. They're lovely. They're not all that rare. If you start to pay attention to them more, I promise you, you'll see them more often. And then the more gratitude you have for that tiny moment, the more long-term sustained happiness you will have. Because that Instagrammable moment and that new car and that new house and that vacation might be awesome for social, but in the long run, and it is proven, that is not what makes you happy. I promise that is not what makes you happy. Finding joy in your day-to-day, in little things, sustaining joy is far more substantial and can be maintained for a longer period of time. So you'll get more joy. That's what we want. Guys, thank you so much for joining once again. I am so pumped. I, I love the community that I'm building. I love sharing awesome quotes and sort of feedback with you guys on Instagram. Just an awesome, kind community as well. Be good to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Give yourself that compassion, okay? Because that you actually do deserve. Sending you all the love, all the blessings, good vibes. My friend, you made it. You got air in your lungs and you're alive. Go conquer.